0: Welcome once again to Weekly Homilies with Father Mark Sislanko, pastor of Saints Isidore and Maria Parish in Glastonbury, Connecticut, part of the Catholic Archdiocese of Hartford. I'm Carol Vasser, Parish Director of Communications. You've tuned in to Season 3, Episode 37, for the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time, September 27, 2020. Our Gospel reading is from Matthew, chapter 21, verses 28 through 32. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not. But afterward changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, the first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of heaven before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him, but tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: When an individual begins to grow and deepen their spiritual life, their relationship with God, and it becomes something that is tangible and real and alive, they begin to see things changing, especially in terms of their level of awareness of things, begin to see creation in a different way, begin to see their brothers and sisters in a different light and to understand themselves with greater depth. The wonder and the glory of God begins to evolve and take on greater depth and meaning. And in addition to all of those things changing and growing and deepening, Another thing begins to unfold within them. And they begin to see that the decisions that they make, the choices that they make, the problems that they're asked to solve do not require just their will, but God's will they begin to see that on this journey of life, they travel not alone, but with the abiding presence of God constantly within them and revealing God's self to them. So with this presence of God, one then embarks upon life's challenges. With this increased awareness, that it's really about bringing our own personal individual will and God's will together as one. Now, isn't that truly what heaven is all about? That when we enter into that glory that awaits those who believe, that this union will occur between God and me. Now, while the fullness of that awaits, it is still tangible and possible to lesser degrees as we conduct the business of our earthly lives. The other question that we need to ask and answer is, given the fact that our will and God's will must come together in some way, Do we, in our heart of hearts, trust that God's will is what is best for us? Do we truly believe that God's will is what ultimately is going to lead me to happiness? So hypothetically, if God says to you today, I want you to go and I want you to work in that vineyard over there, And you consider what God is saying. I want you to go work in that vineyard over there. And you say to God, no, I don't want to work in that vineyard. Well, then your no contains two options. Either it's a defiant no, I am not going to work in that vineyard. And you go about the business of your life doing something else that day. Or it's a no That upon second thought, you begin to reflect and you become aware of the fact that, yes, I really do want to work in that vineyard. And what God is asking me to do is ultimately what is best for me. And so you repent and turn back and God smiles upon that choice. Or God says to you, I want you to go work in that vineyard over there. And you look at God and you say, yes, I will go. Well, your yes contains two possibilities. Either it's a heartfelt conviction of, yes, I believe that what you're asking me to do is what is best for me. Or it's a yes that I say, just to put on the appearances of agreeing, but then turn around and do exactly the opposite. Now, I think in terms of life's business, we've seen ourselves in every one of those four possibilities at one point or another in our lives. But it's all too easy, as people of faith, to look like we're doing it the right way, to want others to think that we're doing it the right way, and all the while, the actual business of our lives is being conducted much differently. And we're finding ourselves in what's called hypocrisy. But where do we go to understand this will of God? Because we have to be careful in how we define that. I think sometimes we think that it's some plan that God has already in store for us, that we just have to somehow figure out. And then once we get it figured out, we have to choose whether we're going to do it or not. And so it's this kind of mystery game, trying to figure out what God's will really is. When in fact, God's will is not something static. It's not something that God wants to impose is something that God can do for us. You see, if ultimately God wants to bring us to ultimate happiness, if God wants to ultimately unite us with himself, if that's the ultimate goal, and God knows in his intention that ultimately we will be in bliss and total happiness when we reach that goal, then God's purpose, God's will is going to be working in and through us in the present time in the present time, helping that evolve, causing that to occur, creating it. That's why even in darkest moments, when we're looking at life and saying, I'm at my wit's end, God is not absent from that darkness. It may appear that he is for a time, but God is not absent from that darkness. And if we hold on in faith, if we ask God to continue to inspire us. We're going to come through that experience at some point in time in a better way. God's not going to let us fall to that extent. And so God's will is a powerful, creative thing that happens from that relationship that I have with God, from opening myself to God's presence. God's will is also something that's going to orientate us to three virtues that need to be infused in all that we do, faith, hope, and love, because if those are in our choices, if those are present in our thinking, if they're present in our action, all the other things in our life are going to fall into place, because those virtues, faith, hope, and love, are the very things that connect the dots of our lives. They bring everything together and make sense. And they give us what we need to do what we are asked to do. Now, in addition to our relationship with God, the other source of God's will is sacred scripture. We have in that wonderful body of truth exactly what we need to do to conduct the business of our lives. We have the time-tested Ten Commandments. We have the wonderful, eloquently stated beatitudes that are given to us by Jesus. We have Jesus's teaching on love of God, love of neighbor, and love of self. And of course, the one that we find most difficult when we're asked to die so that we can actually find life. And so when we're in a situation where someone has wronged us, God's will is trying to break through to tell us to forgive. But I don't want to forgive. Forgive. And so God's will is present in sacred scripture, directing and guiding. And then lastly, in the teachings of the church that embody all of that. You know, the teachings of the church aren't something that just exists in a vacuum, There's something that assists us in living that gospel, in living our our relationship with God, of pointing us in the direction of where do we find God's will? And so when we put it all together, when we put it all together, our relationship with God, sacred scripture, the teachings of the church, when it comes to dealing with life's problems, When it comes to making choices, when it comes to discerning what is right and what is wrong, we will have exactly what we need in order to be successful in that endeavor.